Cheers, everybody, and welcome. Happy Wednesday. You have successfully made it through, halfway through, another week in this crazy year that we're having. Thanks all for joining in. Um, we are doing another episode of our happy hour sessions. And again, we're gonna be talking with another incredible woman. Um, Kristen Klein, if you don't know her, she's also known as Grease Girl uh, on Instagram and, and elsewhere. She is just a, a phenomenal woman. She does a ton of stuff in the automotive industry. Uh, officially, professionally, she's an automotive journalist and one of the editors of Driving Line magazine. Uh, but she also does a ton of wrenching herself. Uh, she does some YouTube videos. She rides a motorcycle. She um, is just a general car enthusiast. She's a really phenomenal human being. Uh, and she was super involved in the original um, kind of conceptualization of the Chevy Montage and helped out a lot with kind of telling that story and helping us while we were doing the build, kind of getting the word out and, and sharing the stories on social media and online. Um, and really just was a, a support person for me as I went through that crazy, crazy build. So I'm really excited to have her join in. Um, hopefully she'll be joining any moment now. I don't see her lovely name on here quite yet. Um, let's see. No, no sign of Grease Girl yet. Hopefully she'll be joining soon. Hope everybody's been having a fantastic week so far. I think you're, I think you're really gonna like Kristen. She's, uh, she's good people, um, and she's quite inspiring. And just I love about her is that she just, she is 100% her own person. Like, there's, there's no, no, there's no facade. Like she is, she is her own person, and she is confident and amazing and beautiful and wonderful. And there she is. Hi, darling. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Where are you? Uh, I'm in my office. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely. Yes. Oh my goodness. I we have so much. I this from the garage, which we might have to try walking into the garage, but yes. I live out in the country now and Wi-Fi and not having internet connection <laughs> is a real thing and it sucks. How do you, I mean, you work remotely. Like, how do you deal without having good internet? <laughs> uh, luckily, I don't have to upload a lot of large photo and video files anymore. <laughs> uh, other people do that. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very Off uh, notifications for phone calls and not accept phone calls during live because it always turns my my live off. But anyway, um, for, for anybody out here tuning in who doesn't know who you are, um, tell, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll dive into backstory and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so hi, I'm Kristen. <laughs> Bogey and I have known each other way back. Actually, the first I knew of Bogey was way back when she was on was it Good Morning America or something like oh, that? Oh, God, that long and ago. My, I didn't watch that show, but my aunt sent me the link because um, I was just beginning to talk about wanting to one day own a shop of my own. Um, though I'm not a mechanic, uh, I uh, started as a hobbyist because I bought a 1955 Studebaker. And, uh, and it's so cute. Ever. <laughs> it's 
Yes, I, she is my love and I will always have her. Um, <laughs> she's original patina and I bought her not running. So uh, as a project car, actually, when I moved to LA as my daily driver. So it was kind of like, well, now or never, I have a limited amount of money. Like, let's just try it out. <laughs> um, and that totally changed my world. I, uh, it, it ended up changing my career direction from going into medicine to, uh, working in the automotive industry. So professionally, I work in, uh, I run an automotive publication and it also kind of straddles uh, marketing as well. So uh, yeah. Tell, fill in some of that, like connect the dots. So you were going into medicine, you got a Studebaker. Like what, like what led you to want the Studebaker in the first place and to decide like, yeah, this is something I can do by a daily driver that needs massive work. Like, sure, why not? <laughs> Uh, so like I'm, I'm into vintage things if you can't tell by my glasses. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I got, I got into vintage stuff when I was in my, I guess still teens. Um, but it took me a good 10 years between wanting a classic car and getting a classic car. Um, so I was, I was getting close to my 30s by the time I got my Studebaker. Um, so yeah, I just, I love the style of classic cars first, but then secondarily, uh, both from a reality <laughs> sense, uh, I knew if I was going to have a classic car that I needed to uh, be able to work on it because who can afford to always pay somebody. Um, right. But also, but also for me, it, it was, really being excited because I knew, you know, I could look under the hood of a classic car and things were more understandable mm -hmm. than looking under the hood of a modern car. Um, yeah. So it, to me, that really excited me learning about mechanics, even though I had yet to even successfully change a tire ever. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, there was just something about like the way things work and and being able to to do that as well as like i mean come on like you have to have a rep if you're gonna drive a classic car <laughs> like you better know at least some things about it um that's true <laughs> that, that kind of changed to me of like i i want to do there are certain car projects that i'll work out work on where it's okay to have other people do things um like right now i'm working with my husband on uh, a 66 f100 um so there's a lot of things he's doing um and then other things i am but then like on my studebaker i'm i'm the only one now that that works on it and that's awesome. any project that comes forward like i'm going to learn how to do that um so it's just you know from upholstery uh is something well, I think you're talented at that already like this woman makes her own clothing for anybody <laughs> who doesn't know like can't find a cool vintage outfit she makes her own like it's awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah wide array of skill sets <laughs> building upon the skills that you have a little bit of experience in yes. somebody asked have i've been to viva las vegas rockabilly weekend actually i grew up in las vegas um that is where I graduated high school and went to some college. So uh, back when Viva was just a tiny little thing, uh, tiny little thing, uh, <laughs> without an official car show, I was at Viva. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my, my home thing. It's much, much different 
now than it <laughs> I'm but, sure uh, I love Eva actually it's where I got my Studebaker running just in time within 24 hours oh wow uh, before it was time for me to leave and drive it to Viva. So that was my first car show to, to take this. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I got it done, picked up the keys and uh, drove it across the desert all alone. It's great. Ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> so first for anybody who might be in a similar situation as you, like I like classic cars. I don't know anything about them. I want one. How, how do you, how did you go about like, acquiring because you're I mean you may not be a mechanic like you're a novice or or just a, a hobbyist kind of on the side like you know your stuff and how did you get to I don't know anything to where you're at like how do you suggest people learn like what are your recommendations start somewhere even if you're afraid <laughs> um it's interesting how often just how often fear keeps somebody from moving forward um and i feel like you know like, it's okay when you know you're getting out of high school or maybe you're in your early 20s but like once you get into your 30s and 40s like people don't want to do something that they're gonna fail at and mm -hmm. for me every stinking time i go in the garage is as a hobbyist because I'm not a professional is a uh, opportunity for failure and, and probably a pretty good chance that I will fail at something uh, so it's it's the practice of just like coming to terms with like you know what I'm gonna fuck up at this and that's <laughs> gonna have to be okay I'll do it better the next time and you know the first time I you know do all of the body work and paint on a project myself it's not gonna be show quality and I have to be okay with that yeah that's awesome what um what's what's the biggest thing that you've done on a on a vehicle like what's the largest scale project you've done um like singles anything well like right now uh ethan and i are working on the 66 f100 which is a full frame off build nice though that is not uh something that i'm doing all alone uh ethan's a, a master tech mechanic yes. so that is super helpful to have though <laughs> you know like he's 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 not a body guy. So there are lots of things, even though, uh, you know, he has full mechanical understanding that it's a different world. Yeah. 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 So I'm kind of taking on like, I'm the, the body girl on that. So lots of learnings and lots of hard work. Um, nice. even though I'm totally slacking right now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you won't tell anyone. I mean, aside from everybody who's watching. Summer this. In Texas. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what's what's your favorite type of work like of all the things that you've done like what it, what is your favorite to do on cars i've realized with this truck build that doing a full build is so much <laughs> different uh <laughs> than doing smaller and doing a phase of a build or fixing something uh because with my studebaker I, I um it wasn't running when i got it i took it to a shop and it was it was like a whole it was a year and a half process from beginning to end because um, initially we tried to get it running and then we ended up doing a whole hot rod drivetrain swap in it and I mean I was paying somebody to do that 
uh, but luckily they let me come every weekend and that's, awesome. that's when I, I rebuilt the whole interior. Um, nice. I took the seats all the way down to the Springs and it, you know, it, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but it was just a great for me to be able to get my hands involved and be at the shop and be active and see and kind of be a part of what was going on with the car. Um, but so I, I don't know. I can't, cho I can't choose a favorite thing <laughs> for me. It's just, it's so rewarding, like being able to, um, kind of complete a, a little thing and be like, I did that, you know, whether that yes. is changing a thermostat, uh, or a transmission, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's like awesome. the payoff is so much more exciting on those little things than doing a full build. Because the full build, we've been right. at it for like a year and a half. And yeah. for the, <laughs> such a long time, you're just taking things off. You're cleaning things. You're tearing things apart. And then, like, it's just like this, like, explosion of yeah. parts and things. <laughs> and finally, now it's all coming back together. Uh, but it's it's a long haul. Yeah, it takes so much longer to get to that satisfaction at the end of it where you're like, yay, I did a thing. And now it's like, instead of a couple of hours later or a couple of days later, it's a year later or two years later. Yeah. On, on the plus side, you as as you know from being part of the, the montage and, and other projects, like it's that much exponentially more amazing when it is completed. It's just a longer stretch before you get to that good stuff. <laughs> Yeah. How did, how did you feel the first drive you took in the montage? Tell me, actually, I haven't even like heard that whole story. So tell me about oh my it. God. The first drive in it? Yes. Oh my gosh. So not very good. Um, so <laughs> it didn't, it didn't actually run when we got it to SEMA, right? Like you knew that. And so um, got it back to the shop and like had 9 million things like trying to figure out what was going on with it. And then finally got the thing to start up, which was like the most amazing feeling ever right immediately followed by it sounds really weird <laughs> and i think part of it was it hadn't like been tuned yet like it hadn't we hadn't done all of the dialing in that needed to happen but also it's um it's a dry sump right so it's that dry sump oil system which means it's loud and we eliminated the vanos and we did all these modifications so it it doesn't sound like a BMW M5 engine that it is. It sound and it doesn't sound like a Chevy truck. It just sounds like this weird, like what? Hmm. So there's like this immediate disappointment too. <laughs> and then of course, like the power steering wasn't running yet because we turned out we didn't have room for a power steering pump, as you may recall. So we had a Mini Cooper electric power steering pump which wasn't hooked up yet because it wasn't running. So why did we need that yet, right? <laughs> so the steering was awful and- Nobody you know, needs power steering. Right? But you know, it's like, it's kind of like you said, like it was my first ground up restoration. And there are so many things that I look back on now and I'm like, who designed this? Oh, that's right, me. Got it. This was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorts like nothing is ever plug and play. There is no, no. plug and play engine uh, swap <laughs> that no. ever. No, 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 absolutely not. And it is. It's kind of learning that and getting getting used to that idea of like I'm going to try this and it may not work at first, and I'll try something different. And it's 
I feel like that's automotive in general, right? Like I was teaching somebody in the shop today um, and she's like, how do you know which tool to use? And I'm like, I don't know, I grab one and if it works, then I use it. And if it doesn't work, I go grab another one. <laughs> like you just keep trying until you get it right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great, that's a great question. And it's like when I started working on cars and why I started, you know, Grease Girl blog back way back when was because like I had all these stupid questions because I, I didn't, I didn't grow up around it. Like I didn't grow yeah. up holding wrenches and using, I didn't know the difference between tools. Like how do right. I know which tool to use? Um, and I had to start somewhere and there was just so much to learn that I, you know, it's, it's not what I was finding in magazines. They just, you know, it took me a while to get the vocabulary and what they meant and yeah. what we're talking about, but it, it, you know, it is. So it's like this, like little steps, yeah, beginning where you don't feel like you're making a lot of progress. And then one day you kind of like stop and look back and you're like, Oh, wow. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I, I want to acknowledge too, like, how cool is it that you found a shop that was willing to let you be involved and work? Like, I've heard that from a couple of ladies. And I find like, <clears throat> first of all, props to the shops that are willing to do that. Like, I think it's so awesome, not just to let like, a, a random customer be involved, to let a woman be involved, um, but to be willing to share your knowledge and, and share your information. Like there's not enough of that in the world. And like, I think that's the best way to learn. And I think it's so awesome that you found that. I think it's really cool. Are so, you, yeah. Do you so, still know those folks? Do you still talk to them? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they kind of became like my, my, you know, secondary family. Yeah. Um, Totally. So now your husband, Ethan, who we've mentioned his name, but nobody knew who he was your husband. Um, but <laughs> did, did you wind up with an auto mechanic husband because you'd already gotten into cars or did, was like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Cars came first. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Ethan fell in love with me when I pulled up to the alley where we met. Um, right <laughs> That's not sketchy at all. <laughs> um and yeah basically like we met in the alley I was in overalls I had just like gotten done I think rebuilding the front suspension of my car and uh <laughs> and he was like marry me now engine. like that was our first conversation and I think he he pretty much fell in love right away that's awesome <laughs> I love it <laughs> okay so you were just talking about how like reading the car magazines, it took you kind of a while to like understand the lingo and the terminology and whatnot. So like now fast forward, how did we get from there to I'm the editor of a uh, automotive magazine? Like, <laughs> holy crap, that's a huge jump. <laughs> right? um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of um, skills that I have and also a lot of luck and also lots of hard work. Um, so, you know, like I mentioned, I started uh, the Grease Girl blog back when I first, I first started working on my car. Um, Cause for me, I, like I didn't, I started out at zero. I worked a year and a half on the car um, before I took it out. Like I wasn't from the car culture. Um, and I, I don't, I, I didn't have car friends. So 
I, I was from the rockabilly scene and I, you know, being at Viva Las Vegas and, and rockabilly things, like there's girls all over the place. Like I did not know until I took my Studebaker to that first show and couldn't find another female car owner. Mm. I didn't know that I was a minority. Like no, absolutely no clue. Interesting. Like this is pre-social media, right? Like, yeah. And social media has changed that a, a lot. Um, but so, you know, so I get to the show, I, I realize that I'm a weirdo. <laughs> um, <laughs> a beautiful weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so that really, that made me be like, I don't understand. Like, I love working on cars. Why? Why? Aren't there other women? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> like, yeah, there are all these girls at the show and they like the cars. Like, why aren't they owning them? Why aren't they working on them? It just didn't, it never entered my head as a possibility. Um, yeah. So, you know, that led me to question like, so why, why is that? And, you know, and also just wanting to share, I had had such an amazing time in the garage myself, like I wanted to share that with others and encourage others to have that experience as well. So, you know, I kind of started looking around and looking at the car magazines that I was reading, you know, which, which I loved and I had learned a lot from, but you know, there was no female photographers, no female writers in them at that time. Um, at least not, not on a large scale that I was seeing regularly. Um, and, and then also, you know, just realizing oh, the vocabulary they use takes for granted all of this knowledge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they write from an expert level, you know, they talk about a C pillar. I, I didn't know what a C pillar was. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, just wanting to share from that, where I was learning and what I was learning. And, um, you know, so initially it was like, well, I want to write for the magazines. And then like six months went by and I hadn't written an article. <laughs> <laughs> and so one night I just got a hair up my ass and I was like, you know, what? I want to start a blog. And I mean, like, and again, this was what, 2008, right. I right. think. It was so a different landscape. This was yeah. the land of blogs yeah. um, and not social media. So overnight I decided I was going to start a blog and got it up and running and wrote my intro. And, uh, and then I started going out like my, my very first, um, other my like very first car culture article I went to the Grand National show and I I interviewed like I played journalists and I interviewed people like why do you like cars like starting <laughs> at that most basic level yes yes um, I think that's important <laughs> yeah and it was interesting because I got to learn like from a different perspective it, it wasn't just well this is my experience like I wanted to know other people's experiences and I wanted to share those um, and then obviously, you know, everything tech that I was learning, I shared. And so that really quickly led me from just writing on my blog to writing for some other people. And then very quickly wanting to change, uh, change careers. Um, so, you know, one, one job came to an end and I was like, this is it. I'm gonna, I'm going to find something like I'm going to find my way in. And uh, that actually led to kind of an entry level position that was involved in the automotive industry and publishing. And um, 
from there it was kind of relationships and opportunities opened up and um was it, the publication that i i am editor in chief for and run actually like i was i was ground zero <laughs> the single staff person for it when we were starting it um for for a client and it's just grown grown from there um and it's been really exciting to be able to grow with it and um you know continually expand and step up and uh do new things and more things and um yeah it's neat i love it so now for another anybody out there right again going back to like advice to others um if somebody wants to break into automotive journalism and wants to go the path that that you went um any words of wisdom yeah i, I mean it's a little bit the same as working on cars like just start it especially you know with me it was a blog today there's whatever new social media platform uh you're you're trying you know begin to share your perspective in the industry begin to cover things what questions interest you what are you learning um you know what do you think hasn't hasn't been written about a gazillion times like answer those <laughs> questions for people and pretty soon you'll find that you're carving out your own niche while at the same time you're building your skills you know i look back at my first blog posts and i still like i leave them up on my site to this day and i like yeah. i it makes me cringe a little bit like, <laughs> <laughs> totally uh, you know, part of the process. Totally. I went back and watched my first episode of All Girls Garage <laughs> recently. So good. Oh my God. No, so not good. <laughs> it was awful. But, but it was cool to see it because you're right. It's kind of the same as you said about accumulating automotive knowledge. It's like you don't, you don't realize how you're progressing. You don't realize how you're gaining confidence, how you're gaining skills, how you're gaining, you know, anything until you you can find a way to step back and look at the look at the forest right because day to day we're so busy looking at the trees that we don't see how far we've come and it's kind of neat to go back and look at that stuff and go damn all right like i am actually making progress here this is good <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah i mean you you can't start an expert be willing to start where you're at so I, this is like a theme that I hear in, in talking with women on these happy hours. And, um, you know, there's a lot of like, somebody challenged me to do it. So I did it, or I just had this idea. And so I dove in and there's this kind of theme of, you know, I, I hesitate to use the word fearless because I really don't think that's what it's about. I think we all have fears. Um, but there's this theme of, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm gonna do it anyway and let's go we right yeah. <laughs> what what do you think because so many people don't do that right so many people most of us and 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 some of you know you and i at times with various things have probably held ourselves back from things as well out of fear but what do you think it is about you that gives you the courage gives you the the chutzpah to call on my Jewish heritage, um, to go F this, I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with effing up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I just, I have always been interested in what I'm interested in more. Uh oh, you're freezing up. 
Oh, you froze um, up there. You know, around. Let me let me do that. Oh, am I back? You're back. Yes. Okay. Try that again. Um, <laughs> You've always been interested in. <laughs> in whatever is interesting me like I'm gonna go after I'm gonna learn learn that versus just doing what the rest of the world is doing um because it's what I'm passionate about like I, I I want to be doing something that intrigues me and not just something that I sh I'm supposed to be doing um but about fear I actually um I was thinking a lot about fear a couple weeks ago because uh, I went on my very first solo motorcycle ride uh, camp out. So I went for four days. Um, I'm a pretty new motorcycle rider and, uh, I, I wanted, I wanted to go like, <laughs> and, and, you know, today's normally I, I would have probably opted for a hotel, but like in today's situation, I, uh, chose to camp instead. And I'm so, so glad I did, but there was so many different points within that uh, trip. <laughs> um, like th one night, it was the second night I was out. I, uh, was supposed to be at one, uh, campsite that was more of an informal campsite and it didn't, uh, it didn't quite work out. Well, no, it, it worked out. I was there, <laughs> it was just a big, empty, no tree area. And I was like, this is stupid, but it was on, um, <laughs> BLM land, Bureau of Land Management man, land. So you could you could camp anywhere on that open land that you wanted to. And so when I like, I went to go find this, I was trying to figure out if there was another camp spot because this one that was like RVs didn't seem like the place for me. And I found a guy that was maintenance and I asked him if there was another spot. And he was like, no, that's it. He was like, but you know, you can stay anywhere. And I was like, oh. Oh, right. Like, I, I, realize I don't think about just like pitching my tent anywhere. Um, but it meant that I had to go off on a gravel road, a dirt road. And like, I ride a Moto Guzzi with street tires. So I was like, hmm. Um, so I kind of warred with myself and I was like, at least I'm going to go check out the road. Like, maybe I'm scared of it, but let's at least look at the road. So I got there, saw the road, and I decided you know what this looks pretty solid I'm just gonna take it slow like you know so it's kind of like what am I afraid of and how can is it a, something that like I truly need to be afraid of or is it something that I can kind of um manage uh, right. some of those those options and so I found a spot and ended up uh I was like, I was scared. I was out in the middle of nowhere, totally by myself. I like, I wasn't mentally prepared for that that day. And I actually looked up bread and breakfasts back in Roswell, like, which mm. I could have rode to an hour away before dark. And I was like, you know what, like, at the end of this trip, that might be an easier option. And like, that will get rid of my fear. But like, are my fears truly founded? You know, like, is an animal going to eat me? Is a band of robbers going to come and steal my bike? Like, right. is something totally bad going to happen? And I decided <laughs> the answer was no. And I would rather have that story. And I'm so glad I did because that was my favorite night of camping. I love it. That's awesome. I think that's, that's, there's a lot of really like interesting points in there. It's like when you, when you want, when you're interested in something enough or want something enough, the, the fears kind of fall back a little bit. But then there's also this kind of 
sense of, you know, fear is healthy to a degree, right? But then there's that fine line because it, fear is that red flag that says there might be danger there, tread cautiously. And then we get to decide, do I let that stop me or not? And like, sometimes the red flag is important and should be telling you like, go away, run, <laughs> screaming yes. in the opposite direction. But if yes. you want something bad enough, you'll, you'll figure out the way through it and it won't, won't hold you back. So yeah, I dig it. That's really awesome. So did you totally love your first solo riding adventure? So good. So good. <laughs> I mean, like it was uh, 104, 106 degree days. So it was hot. Um, but you are a better woman than I am. I'm it like, wasn't no. As bad as I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I had a cooling vest. I stopped for a lot of water breaks. It was slower going than I was planning in my head because every hour you needed to stop. And like, it's a 30 minute stop when you get off your gear, get some gas, rehydrate, totally. snack, which like all of those things to take care of your body when you're in a situation like that is, is important. Like it's not something yeah. we think of every day. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I eat what I want. I drink what I want, but, um, but yeah, so such a good adventure and I cannot wait for more. I love it. I, when I was looking for pictures of you and of me together, like for, for posting about this, I, I love Google photos by the way, because I can like just pick somebody's face and then find all of the photos that have them in it. It's kind yeah. of scary how good it is at this. Um, but I found all of these pictures of you, including one of you riding my little Honda Hawk in front of my house and I oh, was, yeah. it was, it made me so happy because you had just learned how to ride and you like, you weren't super comfortable yet. You just learned, you were thinking about getting your own bike and you, I, I don't, did we actually ride anywhere? Or did you just ride it around the block? Do you remember? No, we got it out because we wanted to go for a ride <sighs> and there was like a ride happening and then we right. saw like, your, there was a leak in the fuel line or the something The brake like line. That. The brake line. And yes. we tried to find a new brake line for it. And we couldn't, we, yeah, it didn't work. Oh my God, that's yeah, right. So we like, we went around that day and like, <laughs> we were looking for rental bikes. We had some fun. I bought my leather jacket that day. That's right. The jacket I used, so. <laughs> that is awesome. I totally forgot about that. That's amazing. I, I came across those extra like used brake lines that we, that we got. Oh yeah. From that shop that randomly shop. the other day. And I was like, what are these? <laughs> now I remember. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Very cool. Um, what, how much writing have you been doing lately? Like since, I mean, we haven't caught up for a long time. Zero, zero. I've been a horrible motorcycle rider. I, um, I now have two motorcycles that don't run. Um, the, the Hawk, I actually started to rebuild the Hawk and did a whole bunch of stuff to it. The tank had been all dented in. So I got that all repaired and then got it painted. I, well, I, we painted it at the shop and mm -hmm. did all of the stuff to it and then discovered that there was a pinhole leak in the gas tank. So, okay. right. So all of this effort and then wah, 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 I have to strip it down and, and fix the pinhole. So there's that one. And then the Triumph, um, it sat for so long because pretty much since the Chevy Montage, like it was my life, life kind of like stopped <laughs> happening after that. right? And so it sat for two years 
And then I tried to start it again and I did all of the things and it, it still didn't start and I didn't, it was hot and I couldn't be bothered. So now it's sat for another two years and I, it's still hot and I can't be bothered. <laughs> I need to, I really need to we get need that bike. need to get bike. you on a bike. I know, I need to get the Triumph back up and running and I know it's on the list. It is on the list, but yeah, I've been horrible. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've taken over, so that's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> Filled in that vacuum. I to get to my bike because uh, I was considering getting a motor, getting a motorcycle, or getting a classic car when I got my Studebaker. Okay. And uh, when, as soon as I, because I was, as soon as I like drove in LA traffic, I was like, no, we're not doing this on a bike. <laughs> um, which I Smart. would recommend for like if somebody is interested in getting into bikes, like don't don't start when you're moving to an odd city, uh, and yep. don't start as like that's your only form of transportation. If oh it's God, a yeah, crazy congested area. Totally. Well, and especially yeah. in a city that's known for crazy, crazy drivers like LA is. Yeah. Right. Like New York City, LA, like these are not places to learn how to ride a motorcycle. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, somebody could maybe say the same about like drive a daily daily driver classic car that might break down on you, but a little bit like a little bit a, at least a little bit more protection. A little bit. Um, you have a cage around you, at least a little bit, yeah. <laughs> at least a little bit, yeah. That's awesome. Although there is something to be said for just being thrown in, right? Like I, I remember when I was first learning how to ride and I was m mostly staying just on side streets and my boyfriend at the time, we went out for a ride and I was following him and he knew I was just doing side streets and he goes on the entrance ramp on the freeway and I'm like, don't you dare, don't you dare. And he goes on and I'm like, crap. Okay, well, I guess I'm learning how to ride on the freeway. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and then afterwards, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad at all. I was like actually easier than being on side streets because you don't have to shift gears as often. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's all. I mean, again, it's like getting past mental. that fear. And like sometimes we're afraid of things that maybe don't deserve our fear. Yeah. No, 100%. I think that often. Uh, so you are now also doing some DIY videos. Are you, is that for driving line or? Yes. For yourself. Uh, yeah, that's for driving line. Um, so, you know, as my uh, role with driving line has kind of become more and more uh, managing and directing <laughs> than actually doing, like I, it's one, while I love those new areas of the role, what makes me sad is like, I don't actually have time, like I don't write, I don't go out and cover events anymore because I, I don't have the time. Right. Um, but those are things I love, I love doing. I love creating content. Um, and so, you know, we're doing a ton of video stuff over a driving line, like really any surviving publication these days. Right. Um, true. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so at the beginning of this year, it was like, you know what, like Ethan and I are building this truck. Like let's, let's do a show. Like it, it, yeah. It's something that I can do and some, like, I'm already doing the work. Let's just add a, another layer to it and yeah. uh, put a show together and, um, and it's been fun. So yeah, we released them about monthly and it's following right now, just following the process and progress of our 
truck build. Um, I love it. So yeah, extra good on Driving Lines YouTube. Okay, on Driving Lines YouTube is where people can find it? Yeah. Awesome. I just watched one recently um, and it was amazing. The two of you are adorable. It is, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> if you watch the most recent one, then you can hear me retell my brake loss story in the Studebaker. And uh, your what story? My brake loss story. Brake law? Loss. Loss. So I 100% lost the brakes in the Studebaker driving in Santa Monica one day. Uh, oh, geez. That was, it was actually, so I had gone on two dates so far with Ethan. So we had just met um, and yeah, 100% <laughs> lost my brakes. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you survived. And people I can survived. hear the story. I jumped out of my moving car and a bathing suit because I was going to swim. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. And and then I realized how insane that idea was. Um, and I jumped back in and uh, just- Wait, wait, how did you jump out of a car and then jump back into a car? <laughs> like I was a stunt woman, of course. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, no, the, the car, it had, um, it, ha it had gotten down to like, just like a, a healthy roll at that point um yeah so i i kicked off my flip-flops because that was the <laughs> shoe i was wearing and i didn't want to trip and so i jumped out of my moving car barefoot in a bathing suit and uh actually then tried to stop it uh with all of my muscles and body weight <laughs> um, and realized how insane that was and jumped back in my car and uh i was like a block away from a main intersection and you know looking towards what i needed to crash into because i wasn't going to go out out into a main intersection uh and then and she just magically rolled to a stop wow. uh, <laughs> yeah like if there was like one thing in my life that i wish i had like that like God video of right. <laughs> like I wish I could replay that so bad. <laughs> I would also oh my God. like to point out that there's amazing. times we were talking about when fear should stop you. That might be when jumping barefoot in a bathing suit <laughs> out of a rolling vehicle. <laughs> like just you know. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So Lesson there is never drive a single pot master cylinder old car. Amen to that, right? Yes. Cheers. There is a reason why they went to duel. <laughs> <laughs> so at least if you lose, you only lose half of your braking system. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know this back then. It, you know, it's it all in the process of learning. Totally. Um, I was like, my brakes work fine. They're yeah. good. Totally. Side note, I am loving, I don't know if you've been seeing this, like the comments that are going on here. Like there's like this huge um, supportive community of folks commenting on um, somebody's got some tank issues and everybody's like kind of pitching in to, to give advice. And that's, it's just really cool. I think that's awesome. <laughs> so cheers to everybody out there for uh, supporting yes. one another and helping one another out. I think it's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And also just Bogey, like it's so, it's been so cool you doing these weekly and just like meeting all these different people, uh, you know, through you and through your channel. Um, you know, different parts of the industry and world. So thank you. Absolutely. 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 I, uh, I got my whiskey today for you. What's your whiskey? This is, this is actually the glass uh, the, that they, at SEMA, when we met the guys from... Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The, um, the sandblasting yes. etching. This was the casino glass that they had stolen and etched as an example. And nice. sent it uh, off with with us and I brought That's it home. Awesome. I love it. And what kind of whiskey are you drinking? This is my special whiskey today because I am out of my regular one. Um, it's uh, Old West, I think, the campfire okay. one. So it's kind of smoky. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'll be sending you one of these lovely glasses in the mail as a thank you so you can Yay. add this to your whiskey drinking um glass rotation it is really large though so um don't don't fill it up don't too high up. or you will be wrecked it's just a, a word of advice <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> so when last i think it's probably the last time you and i hung out like other than at car shows and whatnot um kristen you came out to my house in phoenix and we decided to do a whiskey tasting <laughs> Um, and I think the biggest thing that we learned from that is that any whiskey that you can buy in a small travel size bottle probably isn't very good. No. <laughs> we bought no, like 10 of them. It doesn't make me still stop and look at those bottles of course. when I'm in like BevMo or whatever because <laughs> it just... It's like the Alice in Wonderland. You, the little bottles are so cute. They are so cute. And most of the ones that we tasted were absolutely awful. And of course, in looking through photos this morning, I saw our little video review of cold cock whiskey. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I remember one of those was like a dirty one. Uh, oh my I God. I couldn't remember the name. They were awful. <laughs> but we had a good time. So that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. That might have been the same night that your cat was bouncing on me like I was a circus. Probably. Uh, circus, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me in the least. That's, that's pretty much par for the course with my cats. Cats are jerks. Cats are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's so good to see your face and catch up. It's been far too long. <laughs> you too. So, I mean, I know this is your channel, and but tell since I haven't talked to you for a while. Um, I'm, so I know you guys had a couple of builds going on. I know that all of what's happened in the world has at least altered that somewhat. Tell me a little bit about what you're, what's, what's going on. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the world is kind of on hold. Um, I, I saw a, a great tweet recently that said, uh, I really need to get my life together, but I'm kind of waiting to see if the world survives first. Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, it's, you know, it's been interesting. Obviously, we can't do the all-female build right now. We can't do classes right now. All of my shop management coaching, training, all of that stuff is on hold right now. Um, car shows aren't happening, right? So everything's kind of on hold and it's been this really interesting time to kind of stop and and reassess and look at like how we can do things differently how we can kind of pivot things if this continues um 
and who knows how long it's going to continue for. So, um, so yeah, it's been interesting. We're, we've got a lot of changes coming and kind of, kind of taking the time to reassess. Not what I expected for 2020, but here we are. <laughs> Nobody could have nailed down uh, what's, going, what's going on. Um, nope. Deep question. You can choose professionally or personally. What okay. is um, one of the kind of like big growths or learnings that you've had in the past year? Oh, my um that's fantastic see y'all i'm um, just for everybody who's watching real quick i'm gonna chicken exit for a second from answering that question this is what happens when you interview a journalist they turn the table on you <laughs> aren't you guys glad i know right um biggest learnings um i think i think really realizing like how um how much of an introvert i am <laughs> Like, no way. I, I totally like I everything that I do in my life is so public and extroverted and around people and doing things and kind of really realizing why it takes me so long to recover after these all female builds like after the Chevy montage I pretty much took like a year off and then after high yellow was finished we like we took a month or two off but then we started right back up in another build. And then when COVID hit, it was, you know, as I was hearing everybody complaining about like, oh, I'm stuck at home and, and I hate being by myself and I want to go out. And how that quiet time and that introversion time to recharge. And since I spend so much time being extroverted, my recharge time winds up being really intense. And so I think the biggest learning that I've had over this year has been, I need to re-architecture my life. Um, I don't think that's the proper grammar of architecture, but um, I, I need to, to reconstruct my life with intention to kind of create space for, for quiet and for calm and for silence and, and just alone time. Right? Like, I didn't really realize I was an introvert. <laughs> so there you go. Real talk. <laughs> how about you? That sounds like a good growth, Bogey. Thank you. Thank you. And how about you? What has been your big learning? Um, in, there's been a few. Um, I mean, I moved to Texas and I started working remotely two years ago. So that was a huge shift in life. Um, and, you know, has kind of, I, it's hard to squeeze out, like, was it that or was it like, you know, hitting the 40 years old mark, uh, where like, you just kind of start to like care less and less about what others think, which is pretty great. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, that, that's kind of led me uh, both, both personally and professionally, actually, to... <clears throat> I've always kind of been like a, a Jill of all trades. Yeah, I, I have a lot of interest. I, you know, I sew, I work on cars, I cook, I garden, like all of these things. I fix the house. Um, but so I, I can do a lot, but it's kind of really wanting to get to the spot where I am um, pursuing things that I truly excel at 
and strengthening and pushing those things forward. Um, you excel at everything that you do. You excel at everything that you do. Everything that you do, you excel at. You're not just a Jill of all trades, you're a master of all trades. Like everything I've seen you do, like this woman doesn't do things half-assed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. It's not true. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm learning. And I, in, in that is a little bit of like, say, of saying no, which I think a lot of people, especially women have some hard time doing. Um, yeah, but it's saying no, so that I can say yes to something that is going to be where I'll be more useful or like grow more or, you know, whatever. So, or be happier. I'm I'm still working on that, but yeah. Ugh, it's a life journey, isn't it? Like we're we're all still we're all still working on all of it, but I think that's a beautiful thing. And yes, saying no, like that is I think that's probably the hardest thing for a lot of people. And it's it's interesting because so much of these interviews and these stories that that we're sharing, like so much of it is about saying yes. Like yes to the challenge, yes to the unknown, yes to embracing fear, yes to trying new things. But in equal proportion is is that learning to say no like i can do that but i choose not to and that's i think equally powerful as saying yes yeah or and also like knowing what you are willing to give up or sacrifice um because i know you and i have talked about you know i i i do still have a dream of owning my own shop one day and you know you you and i have talked about like well what's kind of like the what's the bottom line of that dream? Um, you know, so some days like I, I would love to go to mechanic school and actually like truly get of time. I'm focusing on building skills that I, I a hundred percent still, you know, there's still so much that I have to learn in the garage. Um, but at the end of the day, I kind of like come back to like, well, what, what would I have to give up for that? And is, is that worth the, the payoff? And for me, because I have kind of this other direction going where, you know, I love empowering women and there's other ways to do that. I, and, and managing things and, and pushing things forward in, you know, more of maybe a business way um, that, you know, I can still work on building my mechanic skills on the weekends and in in the garage and the projects I'm working on, it's just not going to take center stage in my life. Yeah. God, I think that's really, that's really important. And I, you know, not, I never want to dissuade anybody from doing anything that is a dream of theirs, but I, I always, for myself and others, it's like, it's, what does that day to day look like? And does that day to day actually fit what you want your day to day to look like like what are the things that you enjoy doing I was I was just talking to somebody recently he's like I I really want to start start my own shop so that I can you know I can just wrench on the cars that I want to wrench on and I'm like that's not running a shop right yeah like the day-to-day of running a shop is really different than that and and if you want that awesome right but I think that's really the intro, like the question that I've been looking at too, is like, what do I want my day to day to look like? And how do I engineer a life that fulfills all of the different wants and the different parts and pieces? And just because there's a great opportunity doesn't mean it's the right opportunity. 
for me. Totally. It might be great for somebody yeah. else, right? But it may not be great for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. We only have five minutes left. Five minutes left before Instagram five cuts minutes. us off. I know. How did this hour go so fast? Um, I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface. Um, every Everybody out there who is watching this, first of all, thank you so much for joining in. And if you've been intrigued and interested in, in what Kristen has to say, know that we are, like I said, just barely scratching the surface on all of the amazing things that she does. Make sure you go over to her page and give her a follow, check out her videos on YouTube, um, support her, give her some love. She's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal human being and I hope you enjoyed. Um, and sorry, that's the sound of my cat food dispenser making a ton of noise <laughs> right now. I apologize. <laughs> but, um, but cheers to everybody. Thank you for joining in. Happy, happy Wednesday and have a fantastic rest of your week. And don't forget to tune in next week. We will be meeting with another amazing woman and, um, all of the past happy hours are of course on my IG TV little tab on Instagram and make sure you give all of these crazy, amazing ladies some love. And Kristen, I am so, so glad that you were able to join me. I miss you. I love you. I've got nothing but respect for you. And I'm so glad you're doing well. You too, my lady. So good to catch up. Cheers. And cheers to the rest Bye. of you. Have a great week, guys. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye.